and welcome to Paradigm Playbook, a podcast for entrepreneurs in the business of sports. Your hosts, Dave Kozak and Steve Cook, are business owners, successful entrepreneurs, sports enthusiasts, avid readers, and longtime friends. For years, they've read every business book on the market and built successful companies with what they've learned. This podcast will give you the critical takeaways in just 15 minutes a week. It's a quick and easy playbook for building a winning sports business. And now, here are your hosts, Dave and Steve. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paradigm Playbooks Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kozak, alongside my co-host, Mr. Steve Cook. Morning. Uh, today, we're talking about a uh, fantastic subject matter, which I think is, is really a breakdown of leadership, management, and all the things. Uh, as well as personal motivation. And uh, that subject is accountability. And there are uh, several ways to look at accountability. Um, and to tell you the truth, Steve, it's it's where I start my hiring process. Yeah, I think I, one of the mistakes people make is a lot of people are very willing to hold you accountable, mm-hmm. hold mm-hmm. others accountable. So I think it all starts with self-accountability. If, you, if you're going to hold yourself accountable um, and then you can build on that. And that, <laughs> that one thing is what will allow you um, the right to hold other people accountable. Because you're, if you're not doing it for yourself, then I don't think you have that right. Yeah. And as, as a breakaway from like leadership that we discussed last time, right? Or the last two times we've, we've, we've yeah. kind of dovetailed leadership into it. Um, you know, for a long time in my business, I was accountable to the bottom line. And then what became truer as I, as I scaled the business was I needed to be accountable to the business, right? So any standard that I would create for someone else, I had to hold myself to that standard at the same time. And so if there were committed meeting times or committed evenings that I would do, if I held myself accountable to those times, then everybody would follow suit. And the moment I started to back off on accountability from that, and that's just a, a meeting scheduling perspective. The moment I started to back off, everybody started to back off. And there's a great saying on my bulletin board. And we all know that I have a very big bulletin board. Uh, someday we're going to go back and we look should at check that. Out during the, the, we bring should. that out here right. during the podcast. Uh, and it is what you allow mm-hmm. is what will continue. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of accountability is simply that. If you don't like it, you don't want it. Don't let people do it, but don't do it yourself either. And so there's a leadership piece to accountability and that's called, that's the, this, the side of accountability we're talking about now is the discipline, right? We're not talking about the uh, CRM accountability for tasks and jobs and things like that. All those things are, are uh, necessary as well. But the, the point that I'm trying to make, Steve, is that if you don't hire or are not accountable yourself, and, and that is not a, a baseline of your hiring practice accountability is something that it is much better if it is innate within the person as opposed to having to be micromanaged by someone else. Yeah. And I, I think, so we're talking about expectations and expectations kind of live in and around um, the core values of the company. So once you set those core values, I think one of the problems a lot of companies is they have core values expectations in their head that are not communicated properly. So if you're not communicating it, um, there's no way one that anybody else can be accountable or will be, or cares to be accountable if they don't know. The second thing is 
allowing a little bit of autonomy in every job so that it's not, I, I think it's wrong to be held accountable only to compliance. Yeah, agreed. So I, I think in addition to compliance, you have to hold them accountable to the thought process and, and the growth process. So in, in every business, um, part of that expectation is you to grow the business. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure exactly how you communicate that. We always have uh, an activity accountability. So in, from, from my perspective in, in sales organizations, we've always, we've always focused on the activity, never the end result, because we have found uh, repeatedly that if you do the right activity the right way, the end result follows. And so the things that you do, and there's another great quote on my bulletin board. Um, someday we do have to get that out, but it is what you do every day is more important than what you do, do once in a while. Right. So you, you can have the best intention and, and jump on the treadmill one day mm-hmm. and you're going to see zero results. You may f- feel good about it for that moment, but it's doing that in a disciplined fashion consistently that changes and makes cardiovascular health real. So in business, right, you can... And, and this is where accountability can go awry at the same time, right? So as a business owner, what I want to do is I want to meet with my people and make sure that I'm holding them accountable. Well, Steve, you've always said death by PowerPoint. I think there's yeah. death by meeting as well. Yeah. And you can, you can overschedule meetings and you can have, well, let's meet about that and meet about that. You can meet about things and never get anything done. Um, so be very careful in just solving a problem with a meeting because, or solving accountability with meeting because that doesn't do it. Right. I think the one of the pillars of our company, one of the the core values or we call them paradigm pillars, is to be easy to do business with. Mm-hmm. Right. We just want every interaction to be easy. We don't want the complexity. And we work in a complex environment, right? We move millions of dollars from left, right, center, all over the place to different banks and institutions and financial institutions and life insurance companies, annuity companies, and property and casualty firms. So we're constantly moving money. When money moves, it can get complicated. But so, you know, I love this, this, the way you're taking the conversation. So if your expectation is to make it easy to do business with, and that's not um, communicated clearly to everyone in the organization, then you could easily see how you could get derailed. Well, my goal is to make this look real complicated. So we're important. Well, that's not the approach you're taking. So, you know, we have to be careful that we're not, um, communicating the wrong expectations. And then, you know, they say inspect what you expect. And, well, and, you know, and back is that to, on your bulletin board, by the way? Back to the <laughs> bulletin board for a second, though. Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't know it well enough. Right. Yeah. And so when you take complex things and explain them simply, now you're winning. Now you're easy to do business with. So that expectation and that accountability feature in our company is every interaction, if you are not, if you, you may be the opener of that interaction, but you may not be the closer of that interaction. And so one of the things we talk about in accountability is I hold every employee accountable to transfer influence within the company to the next employee that has to be in line, right? So there's an accountability of being easy to do business with in our organization that starts at the top with customer service. And I will tell you this, any, every single person in my organization knows if they need a meeting with me or they want to talk to me, they can put it on my calendar and they can have that time. Or if they have a client in a situation that they can't themselves solve, they are open to put that client on my calendar at any time. As long as it's an open slot on my calendar, take it, put the phone number in there, give me a little write up on the story and then, you know, brief me on it and I'll have a conversation with anyone. So, so 
we're ta- you know, that takes accountability one more direction. So you're, you're accountable to your organization, you're accountable to your coworkers, and then you're accountable to your customers, clients, or, or whatever. So in, in our world, in the sports world, mm-hmm. you know, environment, everybody that works there is, is accountable for smiles. And, you know, it's not, you know, a, a distinct measurable, but yeah, it's up to you to make that customer happy. It's up to you. You know, we, we tease that, you know, we're the ones that make Disney the second happiest place on earth. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little cocky, but you know, so that that's our goal. And the idea, if you can make someone smile, whether it's in a phone call or one interaction, um, and if you can turn a complaint into a smile, yep. you know, then you're really holding yourself accountable. But that customer relationship is maybe one of the most important things to be accountable to. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think a lot of times managers get lost and, and I'll speak to managers specifically in this is they're accountable to their numbers or their grids or their, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, report they have to produce. That's what they hold accountable to. So one of the keys, and we go back to Gino Wickman's EOS model for a minute, mm-hmm. because they talk about a scorecard and the scorecard is simply an accountability chart, right? And what the scorecard is designed to do, and this is where I see businesses fail a lot. The scorecard is designed to have three to five significant metrics that you're accountable to. Like what are the most important things, the most important outcomes that you can create in a business? And you tailor your scorecard to that. But I can tell you, even in our company, man, some of our scorecards, they end up with 30 metrics and we got to cut it out and redo it. And so you can pay attention to a lot of things that are in the periphery. You can pay attention to a lot of things that don't matter. And you can waste a lot of time focusing on things that will not generate the uh, outcome you want. And so when you're talking about accountability, right, you have your, your people accountability, you have your process accountability, you have your activity accountability, and then you have your bottom line accountability. And you have to really manage those in a different light. But the clearest thing uh, or the, the best way, in my opinion, is to be transparent about all of them, right, and clear. As, and I, I agree with it, and I like the idea of having specific metrics to measure to. One of the challenges, and now I'm going to flip over to my corporate side, um, that we come up with um, when you have multi-level management mm-hmm. and and KPIs, key performance indicators, are set by someone in that middle management, at some level, that manager is setting KPIs that they can reach. 100%. So, um, and if that's all you're going to be held to, it, it's like being held to being average, you know, is, is not going to work. So, um, what Gino says to go back to EOS is when he cuts it down to three, you know, they're measurable, but they're real. Um, they're attainable, but they're lofty. Mm-hmm. So if that's what you're going to be accountable to and accountable doesn't have to translate to success. So it could be, I'm, I'm accountable, you know, that failed. I've been accountable to a lot of failed efforts. Yeah, so, but there's something to be said for the first person to achieve, you know, proven failure too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was Edison said, you know, he didn't discover, a, you know, a way to produce electricity. He discovered 4,000 ways not to do it. Yeah. The light bulb. Yeah. So he, <laughs> he, he, it was like 200 and sometimes yeah. and one time to make it work whatever. So, um, 200 ways to fail. Yeah. So anyway, the, the, the idea is that set your, your goals or your rocks or whatever. I think was it Gino that calls them rocks. Yep. 
Those um, are your, th- your 90 day. So set those and hold yourself accountable to them. And I like your idea of holding yourself accountable to processes and activities and do things. You may or may not get the exact desired results. Yeah. Usually long-term you will. Yeah. And, and uh, one of the hardest things I think in entrepreneurship is to uh, know in the, in the word of words of Kenny Rogers, know when to fold them. Yeah. Right. Um, and I could talk about this at the sales level and then I'll talk about it at the corporate level in the sales level. Cause everybody should sell everybody. You, you have a product or service. Your job is to sell that product or service, whether you're the accountant of the group or whether you're the lead salesperson, right? It's everybody's responsibility. Um, in the accountable to sales, you have to realize when it's a no and you have to move on. It doesn't mean you don't continue some correspondence or some drip, but a lot of salespeople will hold on to the deal well beyond its lifespan and waste an incredible amount of time chasing something that isn't going to be because they're afraid to walk away because it, yeah, man, if it, if it pops, it's going to make my year. It's well, going to be, it's going to be everything. There, there's also the fair fear of walking away from it because, Hey, it was my idea. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was the one that laid that out. So, but the great ones, the Steve jobs, the Elon Musk, you know, they're the ones that say, you know, try it, get rid of it, try it, get rid of it. And, yep. and sooner or later you will get to the one that is the one that you are going to be accountable for but you have to be accountable for every step along the way. Yeah. And, and that, that, uh, training the brain to say no is, is something yeah. big in accountability, right? If you know, you can't take it on, you know, you can't get it done. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to say no. Um, so that was the sales side of, you know, moving on in business. A good entrepreneur will consistently test new hopefully improvements, but new things. Mm-hmm. And in, in my experience, you, you have to figure out the measurable that you're trying to achieve with it and be willing to say, Hey, no, and pivot and, and do it quickly. Right. Uh, we use grand slam as an example, Steve, we talk about the 13 uh, profit centers, right. right. And the bottom of the list every year, <laughs> Let's find something different. Let's chess model something different. Um, I don't think enough companies are are doing that and saying, "Hey, this you know, you just keep grinding through the same thing and and hoping that the the tides change." Right? It it doesn't happen like that. There is a, but you also have to know when to push forward and when to pull back. And so that accountability mechanism at, at the entrepreneurial level, at the top of the ch- at the food chain in the organization has to be able to accept responsibility for a decision made, realize it's lost cause or realize that it needs, it needs addressed and moved and, uh, and determine the pace at which those things have to go. I think one of the challenges that, that comes up all the time is, you know, when we go through the, the e-myth and, and all that. So as an entrepreneur, one of, you know, you, you started the business or, Mm -hmm. you know, you launched it. Um, but you're accountable for innovation, development, growth. That, that, that's all on you. And if no one else in the organization sees you holding yourself accountable to new ideas, to, to growth, to innovation, um, then, you know, why are they going to think that way? They're going to think, you know, we go in, we teach these classes every day. We, we do the same thing. 
Um, but no one's saying, well, you know, why don't we change this student teacher ratio? Why don't we add another session? Why don't we have, you know, a separate warm up area? Why, you know, there's so many things that you can do. And, and yet we get into the sports business and I hear people, you know, it's not like we're all doing the same thing. We all have a waiting list. We all have too few teachers. You know what? We'll fix it. So yeah. you have to hold yourself accountable to fix those problems. No one's accountable for complaining about them. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, there's something, there's something I've always thought about the sports business. If, if I were ever to start a shop and I may someday, but if I, <laughs> if I were ever to look out guys, <laughs> the one, the one thing that I would do is I would have an absolute fantastic viewing area. I would, I would, I would build it with the intent of these kids are coming in and their parents want to see them. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if it would be a mezzanine that would just sit around the whole thing. I don't know how I would do it. But one of the frustrations that I always run into at every facility, whether it's gymnastics or baseball or softball or football, whatever it is, the parents are like behind a glass wall, maybe can see part of it, can't see the whole thing, don't have full access. And like, they're the client. Okay, so it, this is an interesting topic because I, I, I'm from the world of gymnastics, so I, I know gymnastics. So what you're talking about is gymnastic clubs. <laughs> so I get it. Um, so here's the problem that the instructor says, this is, you know, somewhat dangerous. And, you know, I have to be, have this student focused. Um, and if they can see mom and they're waving to mom, then they're not, you know, and they're, they're going to be distracted. The problem is you can't eliminate the distractions. You have to train to, to live with them because, because they're going to be there forever. That's the real world. Yeah. It's like, it, you know, it's like, say, oh, he's, he's a great baseball hitter. He just can't hit in front of a crowd. Yeah. Well, then he's not great. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's, it's all those things. Um, so what you're, whether you're learning to deal with distractions or learning to deal with pressure or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, but then everybody, let's, so, let's, let's bring that all full circle for a second. Yeah. Because isn't that accountability? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're accountable. And so, you know, we talk about Grand Slam all the time, but Grand Slam, you know, we do a lot of private lessons, mm-hmm. one-on-one, but in reality, we do no one-on-ones because in our lessons, we expect the parent to be with them. Yeah. So when we're teaching the child, we expect the parent to learn it as well and reinforce it at home. So we're going to hold them accountable. So it's the first question we ask, how, how did practice go at home? Yeah. So we're going to try to get the kids to learn the accountability, you know, hold themselves accountable. You can't just wait for the best guy on the team to hit the home run. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll use an example in a, in a, in our business, which is, um, you know, insurance, financial planning, college planning. Um, anytime one of my employees or myself sits down with a family, we do two things. Number one, we have to submit notes on the meetings, right? So that's an accountability feature to record what was done in that Uh meeting. In some cases we record the meetings, but the second thing we do is debrief on every meeting. So somebody they're having to explain the scenario situation out loud, what they did well, what they did poorly in every, in every interaction. And the reason for that is because, and it's not, it's not necessarily for the person that did the meeting. It's for everybody else to be around. So if you come to one of our sales meetings, all we do is talk about meetings. 
We mm-hmm. holding each other accountable to, did you use the right verbiage? Did you say the right things? Did you lead the client on in a way that was unprofessional or did you, you know, tell them how it was and put the decision in their hands? And did you do all of the different things that you need to do to be successful in this business? So accountability. And, and this goes back to, I went to a private Quaker school in elementary school. And, uh, I always, I always respected the way Quakers, this is not a preaching about their religion or anything, but I always respected the way that they did their service, Mm -hmm. uh, because they honor guests and dignitaries and important people by sitting them in the front of the meeting house facing everyone. It's called facing benches. And so the facing benches are kind of tiered and like you, you know, you did something, it's your birthday, whatever Mm -hmm. there's important people there. And the other side, everybody faces those people and just sits in pews essentially. But the entirety of a Quaker meeting is based on reflection, Mm -hmm. right? And reflection is a part of accountability. And so if you're inspired in that Quaker meeting, you stand up and share a story or share, share your inspiration, right? But other than that, you're, you're simply, it's to reflect back on, on how you lived and acted in the previous week and, and to learn from the good, the bad, and the ugly of that week. So I just love the idea that reflection is such a piece of accountability. And, um, I think it was last week. I'm, I'm confused. We talked about hierarchy and and matrix and organizational structure. And I think it's important as we talk about accountability, that accountability does not fire follow any kind of structure so so you know you hold you first hold yourself accountable then then you have to be able to hold your your coworkers accountable you have to be able to hold your boss accountable and your boss's boss and and i think that's where communication goes and everybody works together is that because there's no well she's going to tell her about that so if someone's not performing yeah it's up to you it's up to you to say something so we talk, you know, I, and again, corporate level, I talk about, you know, the hardest job is you have to be willing to have that sweaty palm conversation. And I talk about that all the time. The, the one thing that you don't want to say is what you have to say. Yeah. Which leads us to next week's okay. podcast, which is conflict. Yeah. Um, because a huge part of accountability is conflict, conflict resolution, conflict, uh, positive conflict, radical candor. We will, we'll bring a lot of that out, but I think this dovetails perfectly into that conversation next week. And it's, it's what level two of the five dysfunctions, uh, you know, the team is, is, uh, the fear of conflict conflict and, and willingness. So I think, I mean, it's hard to separate it from, from accountability because that you have to be accountable to grow the team and grow everybody. And you know, it's like in any relationship, you know, if you want it to last, you got to be willing to say the hard things. Agreed. hundred percent. So we'll talk about conflict and conflict resolution, the fear of conflict next week. And, and just some tricks that we use around our organizations to have positive outcome from conflict. So, all right, everybody, that's paradigm playbooks podcast for today. Make it a great day. Paradigm playbook members, your exclusive content, including the related page from the playbook and game plan video for applying this concept to your business are available now. Check your inbox today. Visit ParadigmPlaybook.com for past episodes and additional resources for running a successful sports business. See you next week.